I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and psychologist Thelma Lobel, Ph.D., Her new book is Whatever Works, The Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work and How to Create a Happier Office. We all want to perform our best and be successful, creative, and happy at work. Yet these days with the COVID-19 pandemic, work is a major source of stress. People are worried not only about getting sick, but also about the impact on their business, career, and future. Many people have lost their job or fear they will. In addition to concerns about job security, people have to adjust to new work environments and working from home. Backed by novel experiments and on-the-job experience, Thelma Lobel presents simple practices to optimize both where you work and how you work. A former chair at the School of Psychological Sciences at Tel Aviv University and director of the Adler Center for Child development and psychotherapy. She has been a visiting professor at Harvard University and a visiting scholar at Tufts University. Welcome to the show, Thelma. Nice to have you on today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. Well, I guess in this atmosphere, in this pandemic, I should say, work uh, looks a little bit different than it did pre-pandemic. So, my first question is, what do we do to actually be more effective and feel more per- fulfilled at work as a matter of course, um, especially during this COVID-19 crisis? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I wrote the book, which took me several years because it's all based on, on science and studies, uh, it was before prior to the pandemic, but it still wrote a lot about how to reduce stress because work itself, before even the life is often so stressful, even without the coronavirus. Stress is a widespread phenomenon in Western society, and work is one, if not the leading source of stress for adults. And, you know, uh, stress causes a lot of heart attacks, uh, blood pressure, uh, anxiety, a lot of things that we don't want uh, people to have. So, and then, on top of that, as you... Uh, came the coronavirus, uh, the COVID-19, where people are worried both about their health and about the economic situation and about their parents, uh, whether they will be sick or not. And also, all is uncertain. You hear uh, contradictory messages. Uh, You don't know when it's going to end. All this really, really affects us, increase our stress and anxiety, and increases uh, and is negatively related to performance. So what can we do? So, of course, uh, there are the the, the usual things, uh, many things that say to reduce stress, including meditation, mindfulness, exercising, yoga, deep breathing, and seeking professional help. These are all very good, but I... And people know, they don't need my book to know that, that it's better to exercise or to go to professional help if you really need it. But I want to talk about easy things that are very helpful and very important. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the influence of nature. Uh, We all know that nature is beautiful and provides us with the satisfying experience. But there is another proven benefit. Nature actually can reduce stress and anxiety and enhances our performance, takes us out of our mental fatigue. 
Uh, there are many studies done that say, prove that, for example, in Japan, they conducted a series of studies that they took uh, participants to either forests or urban areas, and they, uh, they measured their uh, blood pressure, their uh, cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and their heart rate. And they measured that just before they came to the uh, area, to the scenery, either environment, either a urban or nature. Then they told them to sit and view the uh, the nature or the houses, uh, the buildings for 15 minutes, and then they told them to take a walk for 15 minutes. And then they measured uh, their uh, heart rate, blood pressure, and cortisol again. And they found again and again that those who sat and viewed or walked in nature uh, reduced their uh, stress as measured by these physiological measures, significantly more than those who sat or walked in urban areas. Okay, so, Doctor, uh, okay, I'm going to stop you there. So what sure, do people, sure. like during this pandemic, yes, it's easier for some people to get out and take some people live in rural areas, and, and so obviously that's easy, easier for them, or in suburban areas. But what do people in cities do? Because we have exactly. millions and millions. Want, yeah. Yeah. I want, How do they? <laughs> that was my next question. Uh, my next okay, question. go ahead. <laughs> so exactly what I want to say. First of all, it doesn't have to be forest. Uh, of course, if you have a forest or a beach or a river, that's great. But as you said, many people uh, don't have a forest around it. So first of all, there are many studies that compared whether it, has, it can be also a park or a small garden with flowers and trees, and they do the job as well. I mean, if you go out, if you have, and I'll go in a minute if you don't have either. either. But if you live in, in a city, not in a rural area, but you, you do have a park like five minutes from where you, you work or you live if you work at home or you just you are at home, just go to take a break. And even for a short time, even for five minutes, it will help. I will show you in a minute a study that even 40, 40 seconds helped. But you go out, you look at the trees and the flowers, if there are. But as you said, what if there is no park? Nothing. Only buildings. Then there were several studies who examined whether photos can do the trick. And they gave their participants in these studies to look at photos of nature. One study even did the, the following. They showed them a stressful video clip, and then uh, they gave one group to do an imaginary walk in nature via Internet. Another study just showed picture uh, of nature. And then the other group were shown pictures of urban scenery or something else. And they found again that even if they just looked at photos, or took an imaginary walk uh, through the internet, that helped and that reduced the stress. Moreover, voices of nature can also do the trick. If you uh, listen to the birds or to the waves um, via the internet, that will do also the job. So what I'm saying is that if you do have a chance either to look from your window for the view or go out and walk in a place that you have trees and flowers, that's great, or, or beach. If you don't have any of these, look at pictures, photos, take an imaginary walk, or listen on the Internet to voices of nature. All these will reduce the stress, guaranteed by many studies. 
Being okay, that's a great idea. I mean, I know for myself, and I'll just uh, share if I am anxious, and especially during this pandemic. You're absolutely right. Sitting down and watching a National Geographic show helps to calm me down, and uh, it, it does work. Yeah, it really, and as you say, it doesn't have to be for an hour. It can be for five minutes or depending on how much time you have, but it is important. That's a great idea. I mean, it, and obviously, as you say, it's been researched. It's a science. So, okay, what can we do uh, next? I would, can, can I just say one more thing about uh, the time? That there was one amazing study that I specifically love it, that they, uh, because nature helps not only to reduce the stress, but also take you out of your mental fatigue. Suppose you're working on something very important that you have to concentrate and focus. At a certain time, you lose your concentration, and you, this is what is called mentally fatigue. Uh, and nature is one of the things that help you uh, overcome that. So you do exactly what I said before, but in what study they uh, asked people to, uh, to take a walk uh, that's actually, this study was conducted in Stanford, and they asked the people to take a 50 minutes, that's a long walk. Uh, either one group walked uh, in an urban area, and another group walked uh, in a, of, of a park, of, uh, of a natural area. And then they asked them to solve some cognitive problems, and those who walked uh, in the nature solved better. But there was another study that they just told them to look for 40 seconds at a roof which was either concrete or green roof with flowers and grass. And those who, who looked for 40 seconds at the green uh, roof performed better on that cognitive uh, uh, task. So that's amazing, right? That is amazing. So I guess as human beings, we've created these spaces for ourselves that help create anxiety and stress that we're really meant to be outside in nature, or at least uh, if not all the time, but part of the time. I have a question for you. Just uh, I have a a lot of colleagues who are working at home, psychologists, uh, social workers doing counseling or therapy in their office space, in creating office space in their own houses. And the issue that keeps coming up is when you don't have boundaries between being in your house and then going to work, coming back, which is a safe space, uh, presumably, that it causes that 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 lack of boundaries between emotional and physical between work and home do, people are not faring well it creates a uh, uh, as i say a lot of of anxiety of um, not really being able to relax can you talk to us about that yeah uh, you know there are the advantages and disadvantages of working at home and and people have to learn it's a process uh, how to work from home and 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 uh, overcome the disadvantages and and and, and enjoy that. Uh, so uh, first of all, the first advantage I would start with the advantage and I'll answer your question uh, is that that you don't have to commute, especially for people who commute, you know, long distance. Uh, this is uh, really something which is, might be very stressful, and then you don't have to commute. Um, you can also be more flexible with your schedule. Uh, which is another advantage. For example, if you want in the morning to be with the kids and take them to school, which, of course, now many places you don't take them to school. So, I mean, because schools are closed, so this is another issue which makes it very difficult to work from home. But if they are going to school or to any, any, any place, you want to be with them in the morning, then you sit and you work and then you make a break, have lunch with them or whatever you do with them. 
and then you can continue. But still, as you said, it's very difficult to keep the boundaries. So what I suggest is the following. First of all, establish a designated workplace. It may be tempting to work sitting on the couch or lying in bed, which, which might be okay for a while, but know that there is a designated workplace. And in this designated workplace, when you have a schedule, close the door metaphorically or physically. If you have a door, close it. If you don't have, because you know the conditions don't allow you to, to do that, now you're working. So choose a space. Uh, I suggest to put to choose a space with a window, if possible, because natural light is better than artificial illumination for not only health and wellness, but also there are many studies that show that it increases productivity. Researchers uh, found that workers in windowless offices have more difficulty performing various tasks, even when you have artificial light, due to fatigue. You're you're more more tired uh, if you don't have the daylight. So try to choose a space with a window. Um, And also, of course, what I talked before, if you have a view, that's great. But, you know, depends on the... You don't always have that. Uh, Another thing which uh, uh, helps with the boundaries is uh, make, a, a make sure that a, a, you, you really establish the boundaries between work and leisure time. What, how would you do that? Use a planner, whether an online tool or an actual notebook. Begin each day by setting your schedule. Include break times in your calendar. Differentiate your time at work from the time you spend doing other activities, either if it's in the house or if you go... Uh, to, to dinner uh, or, or talking, uh, taking a walk and all, but write it. I'll take, you know, I'll go, I'll sit with the kids here, I'll do that. And when you are scheduled to work, be at work fully and mindfully and close the door metaphorically or literally, like I said before, to diversions and temptations. I, I, I definitely, I'm definitely aware that when there are kids in the house, it's more difficult, but at least try to do that. And when you are finished with your work for the day, be done. Even when you are working from home, you don't have to bring your work into into home. Actually, it's very difficult sometimes when you don't work from home. People continue with the smartphone, and they are available all the time, which also is a very stressful thing. There are many studies that show that uh, in companies, when you all the time answer the phone and you are available all the time, you are much more stressed. And there are some places or some people that say, okay, after 7 o'clock, unless it's an emergency, I'm not taking calls from, from work. So you can do that. A lot of people, not all, a lot of people prefer to work at home. And they were asked uh, before the pandemic, and there are several companies that ask people, and some people chose to work at home, even with a small reduction in their salary. Others say, no, I miss the office buzz. I want to talk to people. Uh, you know, so they don't want to. So it depends. There are individual well, differences. But, and what about sorry, a hybrid yeah. situation? Maybe you work at home part-time and then work in the office the other. The, yeah, know. exactly. That's the ideal, in my, in my opinion. Uh, because uh, another, another thing which is good uh, uh, at home is that uh, if, again, if the kids are at school and you can have your own room, so it's much more quieter, and you can. A lot of people say they can work much better because there are no distractions. Even if, if, especially if you work in an open space uh, office. But even if you have your own office, 
uh, people knock at the door. I know from my experience, knock at the door, come to coffee, I want to tell you something. All these are, are gone when, when you sit at home. But on the other hand, there are many temptations that you have to overcome, like going and watching another Netflix uh, <laughs> episode uh, that, you, yeah, that you started yesterday, things like that that you cannot uh, do at home. Hey, I mean, at work. Uh, what was the question? Can, can you well, you, you the answered, the, yeah, well, you answered the question. I said you'd have kind yeah. of a hybrid, situa- hybrid situation. Yeah, so the hybrid home. situation, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the hybrid is, is, is like two or three days at home and two or three days in the office like that. You have the, the days that you really work quietly, and then you have the days that you are in the office, you meet people, you exchange ideas, you, you feel the office buzz. So I, I think that's the best way for most people, as I said. One of the things you mentioned also is how, to, you know, the way you look is important. And I think people think sometimes being on radio and having gone to radio school and they've all, one of the first things they tell you is, you know, don't try to do a radio show in your pajamas because that really affects the, your performance. You know, get dressed up as you are because you are going to work. And I, I think you talk about that, too. Um, yeah. Even if you're at home, yeah. you know, yeah, go ahead. You can talk more about no, no, that. You say and then I'll answer. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. So, yeah, first of all, uh, clothes, uh, even if nobody sees you, you know, we all know that, unfortunately, people judge us uh, and uh, also by the way we are dressed. I wish it was not like that, but it definitely influences. There are many studies that show... Uh, with disturbing uh, results, like for example, you know, they saw three violin uh, violin players uh, playing uh, in front of musicians that had to judge their vi- the video, and they, they, they actually the music was dubbed, but one uh, was uh, wearing uh, sportswear, one was wearing concert dress, and one was uh, wearing evening dress, and they judged uh, the uh, the play of the violinist who was dressed correctly, according to them, as a better, uh, as if she played better, although it was exactly the same music. So it it definitely uh, influences the way people judge us. But what people don't know is that often the way we dress influences our own behavior. For example, there was one study where they uh, gave a subject to do some cognitive task, to, to, to say um, the name of a color, for example, red or blue, which was written in a different color ink. For example, the word blue was written in red, so it's, it makes it more difficult to say what is written there. So uh, it's one group, they gave a white uh, coat, like a doctor's coat. The other group didn't get anything. And those who had the white coat performed better. Now, the, the researchers did another study. They, they gave, again, two groups a white coat this time, but one group was told it's a doctor's coat. The other one was told it's a painter coat. Those who were told that it's a doctor's coat performed better. So the way we're dressed might influence the way we, we uh, perform. And another study showed that, for example, in negotiations, when you negotiate uh, with other parties, it depends, of course, on many other factors, like if you feel powerful or if, if you know, there are many alternatives and you, you're not afraid. But uh, in one study, they gave uh, the one group 
to negotiate, you know, as if a mock negotiation. And uh, one group was dressed with uh, suits, with dress uh, sh- uh, shoes, you know, dressed like a business suit. The other group was was asked to dress uh, with a flip flop and a, uh, a sport where, you know, like definitely not like you go to the office. Those who were wearing a um, the business suit performed better, got more concessions in the negotiations. So, uh, as I said, there are many factors that influence the negotiations, and you know, I have a whole chapter on that. But definitely, uh, the way what I'm driving is that the way you dress not only influences the way people perceive you, but the way you perceive and perform yourself. So, think about it even in Zoom uh, meetings. And uh, in places that you think, you know, like you said in the radio show that nobody sees or nobody sees me now because we're talking on the phone, still uh, dress as if you, you have to feel comfortable, of course, but also uh, think about the influence that these clothes will be on you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and you do, you talk a lot about that. Online interviews, uh, like with Zoom and online uh, business uh, meetings, any, I, I was just reading that, women, and this is—I uh, don't know if it's hearsay or not—but that, that a lot of women are getting more work done, cosmetic surgery, because they're doing online, working online, and it presents their faces present better. Is that something? That <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know about it. Yeah. It makes sense. So I read in another place that actually, because we go with the masks, that people buy more cosmetics for the eyes. But but uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, yeah but you, but you can you can definitely see uh, the face in Zoom. Uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of Zoom meetings with my students. With the, I'm on board uh, on several board of directors. I'm very well aware that you know they're looking right into my face. But I didn't do any surgery. <laughs> well, maybe just the eye makeup is enough, right? That, that, I mean, that that's yeah, critical. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I can understand that. But um, I guess everything is. We only have a few more minutes left, so um, let's talk about um, what do you want to leave us with in terms of what we should be doing now? Given, as you said, there are a lot of issues that we had work issues before the pandemic, but now, and it it seems to be. We don't know when the crisis is going to be over. So, um, what do we do in terms of our our work situations? In terms of uh, creating think, yeah. a happier space, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like uh, we talked about it, actually, that if you work at home, think about all these things that I, I talked before. Make sure where you work, how you do, make your schedule. If you go to the office, which many people don't go now, continue to do. Uh, all the things that I talk about in the book, like, uh, for example, you know, what's one subject that we didn't talk about, which I think is important, even more maybe in the pandemic, is the smartphone, uh, especially that we are, when we are at home. Uh, smartphones are very important, and they help us. We are available all the time. We can look at the Internet. We can ask, uh, get the, the emails. You know, you know all that. I don't have to repeat all that. But, you know, there are many studies that show that smartphones, influence negatively our performance. For example, in one study, they, they asked three groups to come and do some cognitive tasks. That's similar to what we do at work, you know, have to think and focus and uh, be attentive. 
and one group was sold, uh, bring the phone book, for, uh, bring the smartphone, and put it on your desk. The other group was sold, bring, leave everything outside, uh, and, and don't bring the smartphone. Come without anything. The third group was told, bring your uh, everything, but uh, put the smartphone where you usually keep it, either in your pocket or in your purse, not on the desk. Those who put the uh, smartphone on the desk performed worse than the other two groups. Those who left the smartphone out of the room performed the best. So then the, the researchers did another thing. They asked them, they said, maybe, you know, even though they didn't talk to on the phone, they checked their messages, they looked at it. We so have one minute left. They're going to cut us off one minute. Okay. So, uh, so I, I, should I say something about the, the, the book? My yeah, book well, you should say hello. something. Give us the, yeah, because give us the website, yeah. 30 seconds, because we want people yeah. to be able to go uh, to that. Just my, give us, my, yeah. my book is whatever, whatever Works, and you can buy it in Amazon or in uh, Barnes & Nobles, and my website is talmalobel.com, T-H-A-L-M-A dot Lobel, L-O-B-E-L, talmalobel.com, and the book is Whatever Works. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Fascinating research. I really liked it. Uh, yeah. So uh, go out, buy thank the book, whatever much. works. Thelma Lobel, PhD. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 